Our first reading for today is from the 13th chapter of Judges. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God, very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life, and what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please, Let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? So that when your words come true, We may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar how Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die. 
for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things, or now announced to us such things as these. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. The young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahanadan, between Zorah and Eshtael. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the second chapter of Galatians. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised, worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. 
For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation with the sacrament of the altar. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we recited a portion of the sacrament of the altar, which truly is perhaps the very greatest gift that our Lord Jesus Christ has left to us, one that we can we can never be too thankful for. And, and, and it is so right that we celebrate the sacrament of the altar every time we come together. For let us always remember what Christ himself said this meal is. Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. There's perhaps no greater way to be closer than Christ and to receive the forgiveness that he did for us than when we actually take into ourselves both physically and and spiritually his great sacrifice, which literally is from the cross given to us. It's such an amazing reassurance for all of us. And it's hard to believe that ever since the the time of the Reformation, the church has, well, not the Lutheran church, but other churches have wrestled with what they're receiving up here. Some of them during the times of the Reformation would say, well, I just see bread and I just see wine, so I must just be receiving bread and I must just be receiving wine. But that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, here's just bread and wine, have fun, think of me. No. He said, it was very clear. Take and eat this my body, given into death for you. Take and drink this cup as the New Testament in my blood, shed for you. I mean, if we were to look at this with merely human eyes, if you just dragged an unbeliever off the street and you said, what do you see? They'd say bread and wine. 
They wouldn't see body. They wouldn't see blood because they're unbelievers. This is spiritually discerned. But they wouldn't be the first ones throughout history that didn't realize that God was in their midst. And that's really what we're talking about here, right? This is where Jesus Christ is coming to us. One of many ways. Word, baptism, the words that we hear, that we sing in the liturgy, that we read in the scriptures. These are all wonderful ways that Jesus comes to us. But we can literally look up at that altar and say, oh, there's God. It's okay to do that. You can do that. That doesn't mean we bow down and worship it like some of the Roman Catholics have done with their procession of the the Corpus Christi. Because that's not what it's designed for. Jesus set this apart to be eaten and drunk. Not carried around and idolized on a stick. That's what it's for. That's what God wants. To be in you and to be near you. Just as the words that you hear from the scriptures go in your ear and live inside of you here, right? But as I said, people off the street won't be the first ones to not see that this is how God comes to us. Even even believers. In our Old Testament reading today, we read from Judges and we read about Samson's birth. We may not have even realized it was Samson right away until they mentioned the Nazarite vow and not drinking and I don't think they mentioned cutting his hair. That's later. But anyways, it's Samson. And Samson's mom and dad didn't realize who it was that was coming to them and bringing this good news. Now, I know I've been talking about this. Some of you will say to him, blue in the face. In Genesis, that the angel of the Lord very often means that it's literally the Lord. Because in the Bible, the word angel just means messenger. And yes, sometimes it's a spirit being, an angel like the angel Gabriel, the angel Michael. There are angels in the Bible. But there's also messengers in which the messenger is the Lord, God himself. We, If we read through the Gospels, the greatest messenger, angel if you will, in the Gospels... It's Jesus who's speaking about Jesus. He's talking about himself. When our passage today, just as people don't always recognize that this is God coming to us in the flesh, dear Samson's mom and dad did not recognize this. Here's this passage again. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing that this is wonderful? being coy even. He didn't say his name, meaning I am. Because that would have been a giveaway. It was God, right? So God's being coy with them as sometimes he is coy with us as well. Then it continues. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward the heaven from the altar, The angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord, and Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, 
the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering at our hands. They were talking face to face with God, and they didn't even know it, right? Just as an unbeliever could come in off the street and be here in our midst and see nothing but just bread, just wine. Yet we know this is the Lord who's coming to us. And why does he come to us? It's it's always for the most important of reasons. To reassure us that we're forgiven. To reassure us and prove to us that he's risen from the dead. Because this isn't a memorial meal as if Jesus is dead. He's very much alive. That's how he's able to come to every altar in this world. Only the living God can do that. The dead God is dead. Jesus is very much alive. And he comes to reassure you that you're forgiven. That death has been destroyed through him. And this is what the beloved apostle Paul said today to all of us in Galatians. We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ. Not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And really, you can say that's why Jesus is coming to you today. So that you can hear yet again from Jesus' own lips what he did for you. So that you can believe. And through faith, be saved. To believe that everything Jesus Christ did on that cross was not done for Jesus Christ. It was done for you. For the forgiveness of all of your sins. As Jesus himself has said to us in the words from the sacrament of the altar. Amen. Now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.